This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Zoll Medical and Zoll EMS and Fire. Okay, we're back, and before we get started with part two of uh, Mitch's uh, Fire Mall episode here, we want to give a shout out to uh, our sponsors because they've really stepped up uh, as of lately, and um, I know Steve has some more stories about Sports and Ortho. Ah, man, I, listen, Sports and Ortho, physical therapy, if you're a first responder in the Chicagoland area, I can't even rattle off the the locations that uh, our our dear friend Dahlia has. But if you're a first responder in the Chicagoland area, and or if you're just anybody who needs uh, physical therapy, post surgery, injury, whatever it may be, if you ain't going to sports and ortho physical therapy, where the heck are you going, man? I just brought my kid. Over there, because I was having problems getting him into pediatric physical therapy, uh, uh, in in a bunch of places. These places are booked six months, eight months at a time. I, I was so frustrated. I texted Dahlia, and she treated my son like a king, and she does that with all of her patients, every single one of them. The amount of time and energy that goes into your rehab and your physical therapy over there is unbelievable. These people are hands-on. They don't have you work out and they just watch you from a corner while they're massaging somebody else. I mean, this is a full hour with a physical therapist that are hands-on with you. Uh, I avoided shoulder surgery because of her and her crew. I they're They're amazing. So... She sponsors a lot of things that the that the fire department, police department do. Uh, the, the CPD soccer club, uh, the baseball team. She just had the CPD. They sponsored uh, the CPD Knights baseball team versus Chicago's Bravest at Impact Field. It got rained out, so pay attention on social media because that game is going to get replayed at some time, I believe. Uh, but man, she just she has our backs. She's everywhere. Uh, in in every neighborhood around there, if you, if you're injured on the job or if you're injured off the job or you got something going on, sports injury, whatever, go see her. It's I mean it's it's dumb if you don't. I'm being serious. Sportsandortho.net. Who else we got? We got the frontline team: Joey Mantus, Josh Hill, that crazy group of guys. Listen to that episode. If you oh, if you've man. listened to no episodes of Chicago's Braver Stories. Go listen to that episode <laughs> and go to YouTube and see the Josh Hill, Jimmy Sharnhorse video of him <laughs> doing, uh, describing the puppet show. So, like, you know, guys, our sponsors are all vetted. Okay. We, we work with them. I, I used the frontline team to remortgage my home. I didn't leave my house. <laughs> I did not have to go somewhere to do this refinance. I had an app. I uploaded all my documents to the app. I sent everything to Josh. If I had a question, I called them. 
I texted them. They got back to me right away. When we were recording Joey Matthews and Josh Hill's podcast, Joey Matthews was literally answering his text messages and phone calls while he was telling his stories, selling mortgages. I think Joey closed five mortgage it's, deals during the course of the podcast. And it's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nuts. These guys are the hardest workers in the industry. They're going to get you the best deal that they can get because they know they got a reputation of working hard and taking care of people. They don't want to ruin that reputation, and they don't want their name bad-mouthed at the firehouse kitchen table while everyone's having coffee because this guy jagged me over a, a, over a refi or whatever. Man, these guys are hardcore. to answer their phones all day long. If you got to get a hold of the Frontline team, 630-534-2900. I'm going to read that again. 630-534-2900. If you got family members that are buying their first home or whatever, send them to the Frontline team. I'm telling you, nobody works harder than the Frontline team. And so if you do have a house that you would like to purchase, you found one, uh, you can call Tim Ryan. That's right. If you turn around and get pre-approved for your mortgage by the Frontline team, your next step is to turn around and call our friend, Tim Ryan, Forest Park firefighter and real estate extraordinaire. So this is how it should play out. You, you hurt your ankle, you go to Dahlia, and while you're there, you're looking through and you're finding a house. You find a house that you like, you call Tim, then you go to Frontline team, get your mortgage. Done deal. That's right. Done deal. Done deal. You know, uh, Tim is going to take care of you. He, he grew up uh, on the northwest side of Chicago. He's a St. Patrick Shamrock, you know, uh, and uh, he's a Forest Park firefighter. Knows what he's doing. Like I said, these guys, they bust their ass. And here's the best part about it. They work hand-in-hand hand with the Frontline team. You can reach Tim at 773-578-2464, 773-578-2464. Hey, even if you didn't get pre-approved and you're just looking for a house, condo, whatever, call Tim because he's just going to send you over to Josh and Joey anyways <laughs> to get pre-approved. These guys work hand-in-hand, hand, all right? They're the best. And just call them up and ask them how that OnlyFans is going. <laughs> also, Tim, I haven't seen your ass at the gym. Tim, you said you was coming. Tim, I ain't seen no Timmy at the gym. Tim, Vince is very disappointed. Yeah, closed with Tim. Is that closed with Tim? Uh, at uh, is that Instagram? I don't know. We'll, we'll call uh, him later. Yeah, we'll call him later. Yeah. But you got the number. Give Tim a call. Uh, Send him pictures. <laughs> Even if he ain't looking for a house, <laughs> send him some pictures. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We were, we left you, uh, Mitch, in Curacao. You got your letter. You're, uh, you've made that walk that so many people have made from the Home Depot <laughs> to Fire Academy South. Right. Which is a nervous walk, too, because you don't know if oh, you're getting it's, towed it's, it's, out it's, of yeah. Home Depot or. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's like yeah. the big secret, you know? Yeah. Because well, Jewel will tell you. Jewel, do not park at Jewel. Is it Jewel? Or it was Ju a Dominic's. What is it now? It's Jewel. It's Jewel. Yeah. Jewel's. It was a Dominic's. Now it's Jewel. Yeah. yeah. It was better when it was Jewel's Dominic's. in Chicago. Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dominic's got bought out by Mariano's or something or like Mariano's, that. Mariano's, whatever. They don't e- pay either us. Either way. Fuck don't park, don't yeah. park there. Yeah, don't park yeah. at yeah, totally, the Jewels. Totally anyway, so. Across so, the street from 30, 13, okay. 38 which is, South Which Park. is weird. You're, you're parking at Home Depot to go to a fire academy, which you're thinking, well, this is interesting, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you're not from Chicago, you're like, all right, I'm going to go to the sweet fire academy. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's an office. Yeah, park it's, up there. <laughs> uh, we're going to go teach you some stuff yeah. over here in this Yes. Office building. Yeah. Well, so you uh, you had taken your Fire 1, Fire 2, and EMT, and, you know, you called it an academy, but was it an academy, like, with the instructors that you would meet at the Quinn or FAS, or was it more mm. like going to college? No, it was more like going to college. Um, so when you got have... to Chicago and you had, because day one, is supposed to be the bitch of the yeah, bunch. Yeah, right. And I, to an extent, though, they still had they still had in, instructors there, and they still had physical training in this, and they still put you put you to work a, a little bit. Um, not not to the extreme, though. I don't think because you have you have to remember you're paying to take that school. Right, right, right. They right. want to keep students there. Um, so that's one of the, one of the things we tell the candidates now at the academy is like you're getting paid. Yeah money to go to EMT school. Right. Everybody else has to pay. Right, right, you're getting right, paid right. to work out. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know. You're getting paid to be yelled at. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. What's that worth to somebody, though? Do you remember uh, holding the pen above yeah, your head? It's just a pen. It's yeah. just a pen. It's just a piece of paper. It's the lightest piece of equipment on the Chicago Fire Department. Yeah. <laughs> For how long was it? Yeah, was I, and I wanted to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I enjoyed it, there you though. Go. You did you enjoy it even when you so. even when you went up the street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, it got ramped up. Yeah, well, like it, when it, when we started in the EMS academy, there was like no cursing. Yeah, right, like, right. Yeah, it was more and, yeah squared. I don't want to say squared away, but it, just a different mentality. And maybe maybe it's not to. I, I mean, to some extent, you're making it so hard because you want people that can't handle it to, to leave. Right. But I think that, that maybe there's a, a strategy to that, not to be too extreme and too mean right off the f- front end. I don't know. But they were still pretty, they still, they'll still hammer yeah. you though, right? Yeah. And, and then we just, got, we went across the street and well, they, they, they got their point across real quick. <laughs> <laughs> They're no longer just stern. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, this is not, yeah. Okay. Well, Hi, well, Drill. I love I love that tradition of us going from uh, FAS, walking down to the Quinn yeah, the march. for That's that cool. march, and then that traditional formal handoff. Right. Uh, you know where the the chief will say they've completed their training and now they're you know mm-hmm. here for whatever, and everybody's formal, everybody's pressed, and everything is squared away. Yeah. And then the fucking shit show starts. <laughs> I had a minuscule drop of mustard or you were not, <laughs> hey, you were not squared away, dude. On my shirt. Oh, that was great. And what it was what the, were you in the three quarter zip? No. Or the, I, no, the we, it was the blues. Oh, it was, it was, the blues. It was the we were baby blue, we right? were in the baby blues and it was snowing. It was cold and we were told leave your fucking quarter zip behind because we're going down in baby blues even though it was cold and snowing yeah all right cool and you had mustard on your shirt yeah Listen, man, I, so leave all right. alone okay Poor no guy. i'm gonna tell the story because <laughs> it's, it's great it's great so uh i had a woman i lived in edgewater at the time at clark and devon so i had a woman that would clean and press all my shirts 
and save time. You're right, save time, dude. She did laundry, dollar a pound. It was fucking awesome. Uh, so I would drop all my stuff. Well, I dropped all my stuff over there, and she was supposed to, you know, return it. And then I went over there, and she said, "Oh, it's not done yet." And I'm like, "I'm going to the <laughs> and so like she hurried up and did it, and then she hands it to me, and I'm not blaming her, you know, but uh, there was like a little like like a mustard like a little drop of mustard or something on there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck it. Nobody's going to notice. I don't <laughs> care. Because I was like so tired. I'm like, I'm not rewashing this shirt and pressing it and ironing it myself. I just paid for it. Whatever. I get to the... How'd that, how'd that work out It did you? not work out for me at all. <laughs> I had three instructors point fingers in my face telling me how disrespectful I am that I would bring a mustard stain to the Quinn Fire Academy. I'm not oh sure. my god, that is that oh. is that is great. Yeah, yeah. That is so great. all those so. guys are doing is looking for a mustard stain. That's all they're delivering. I'm talking like <laughs> I hope I hope somebody. Uh, I can't wait till somebody. They I couldn't can't, sleep can't, the night before. Stupid enough so, to leave yeah, yeah. a mustard stain on their shirt. They were yeah. talking to each other, be like, "You think somebody's gonna have a mustard stain this this time around? <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 they no, don't. No, no. What about this year? Yeah. Somebody's gonna have a mustard stain, and then you delivered. <laughs> I delivered it. So. <laughs> and then here's the best part. So I got a trim in for the mustard stain. And then uh, we had a lieutenant on the EMS side of the academy who then got promoted to or appointed to commander on the fire academy side. So when he walked in, I thought he was still a lieutenant, and I'm at the door, right? Because when the chief walks in, when brass walks in, a commander walks in, uh, what do we say? Attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're at the door, so you got to scream it and let everybody know. Well, I, he walked in, and, and I'm still nervous about my mustard stain. And he walked in, and I didn't say class attention. And then next thing you know, they were just on top of me all yeah, over again. They're like, Ruff, Ruff. and I'm like, okay, this is not because, going well for me. Because you're a terrible person. That's yeah, why right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was very sad when I drove home after day one. But, hey, I'm here now. So well, I, I, you know, it's... Walking down that, that, like you said, the, the formal transfer, the walking in formation, the getting smoked, all that, oh, yeah. all that shit uh, in a big city, no matter what, is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So having to leave what, what I left, which I always thought was bullshit. Okay, I don't want to – listen, the guys that do their – hey, they do it good for them. They make the best of it. Um, I wasn't fighting fire, and, and I left something that was rather informal to something that was – you know what it was, and I'm. I was loving every minute of it. Like yeah. I loved getting smoked. I loved, you know, I loved the intensity. I loved all of that, and I was, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I just didn't have a fucking mustard stain on my shirt. So, but <laughs> <laughs> what I was glad was is though that they picked on me and they didn't pick on everybody else because See? of my fucking mustard stain. Good for stain. you, dude. Yeah. You did it intentionally. Actually, yeah. Yeah. you took one so. for the team. <laughs> You're like, you know what? I feel bad for these guys. So out of the academy, you you love the academy. You're you're a, a guy who's in great shape. You know, love working out, all that stuff. So you just kind of flourished. The academy. You had it, fire service experience. Where was your first ass- assignment out of the academy? So I got sent to truck seventeen, uh, engine forty six's house, uh, which. You know, for uh, our, for all everybody out in podcast land, where's where's that located? Ninety uh, third in South Chicago, uh, South Chicago neighborhood. Um, 
And I, I don't know, out of all the random spots that are available, I, I was probably one of the best ones, I think, out of the randoms, you know. Yeah, you know, the random for some. Right, uh, right. So I, how I, I, I don't know, did I get helped a little bit? Because like you said, I, I, for the most part, I was fairly physical and, and did pretty well on tests. I, you know, I didn't get an award or nothing, but I, I think a little bit, little bit higher up. Um, I don't know if that helped or if I just luck of the draw. But um, lucky, lucky to be there, right? Obviously, it could have been anywhere else. I was very happy that I, that I got that spot. Um, so yeah, I mean, shit, that was, I, I had an instructor come up to me. So like I got assigned to a, a s- slow truck out of the mm-hmm. academy and I had an instructor come up to me and says, uh, hurling, you don't look too disappointed to be going to a slow truck. And I looked at him, I'm like, I don't understand. I don't know how to take that, yeah. you know? And, and I didn't know what kind of response he was looking for or what he was trying to elicit. And I was like, so I just looked at him, I go, uh, with all due respect, instructor, so-and-so, I go, uh, I waited eight years to get out of this job. You guys could have put me at O'Hare or anywhere else. I'm just happier than a pig and shit to be on this job. I'll get where I want to go. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. I'll get where I want to go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You'll you'll get there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess, you know, hindsight, you know, if you're ever upset about a spot at all. Yeah. um, Shut up. (laughs) I mean, you know, fuck. They say when it's winning the lottery, it really is. Right. I mean, Twenty thousand other people, people took yeah, the test, right, right? It is winning the lottery, and and as much as I sometimes get overwhelmed with the, the our other responsibilities, like you guys have here, plus you know being up all night, this and that, and, and you can get frustrated or all you want, but it's still the greatest job in the world, right? Or getting paid to to hang out and then help people and then do shit that nobody else ever gets to do. Like how many times are you sitting peaked on a roof that uh, that's on fire? Right. Yeah. Like, no, not a lot of people get to do that in their life. So, um, if you're ever upset about where you're at, you can change it down the road. So I'll just make yes. the best of it. The yeah. worst case scenario is you got to be there for a year. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have the ability <clears throat> to, to change your future there. Uh, how long, how long did you end up staying there? Let me see. We uh, we were basically what, 2014. We were uh, in the house, and then I've been at Truck 30. So I only I just probably probably two years ago, two and a half years ago. Have you always been on a truck? You yeah yeah I never never, never, never been, been on an engine. He's never been a real fireman. You've right. ever you ever crossed I would the floor? Say, like if I was a day yeah I mean yeah, yeah. done a day. So this is you know my favorite spot on the engine. You know what it is, right? Hydrant, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! Fucking, <laughs> I open the hydrant, make sure you got water, and then I go freelance. <laughs> I stay within earshot though, because if you need hose, I'm your guy. But <laughs> that's, I'm like, if I'm if I'm crossing the floor, you fucking trucking, all goons, <laughs> all of you. And I would say, if I was never a fireman before, I think 100. percent Like if, even if if you're new to this or whatever. Definitely get on an engine first for sure, right? Because that's, I mean, that's, we're putting the fire out. It's, we're fighting fire with water. It's what we do. Well, we just and, had Ron Smith <laughs> in here in the last podcast, yeah. and he gets assigned to the truck, but he goes and he has to do, what was it, a year or something like that on an engine before he ever goes to his assignment. I, and I that think was how good. they do it. I think that's good. Honestly, it really is. Um, because then, you know, you're, you're at least learning that, that aspect of the job. Um, and you're paying attention a little bit more maybe what you're doing as a truckman and not taking windows before there's water on the fire sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that sort of shit. Um, and, and just being a little bit smarter about it. So. When you got, so you've had obviously 
a couple fires under your belt by the time you got to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But was it different when you went to your first fire as a Chicago fireman? Was it where you're like, oh, man, this is not what I'm used to? I mean, uh, obviously, you are you have a lot more resources. You have a lot more guys. Yeah. I remember getting my ass kicked on the, the first fire, because I think my first day ended up being like a 211. It was back porches, battleship. Okay. Right, sort of back porches got into it. Ended up wind wind was blowing. Um, I think stairs were burned out. Ended up being a two eleven. I ended up. This is on, on uh, your the first, first day. First, I first think. day of your first assignment day. on a truck. Yeah, first or second day, right? Um, oh, you were you were a pig and shit, man. Yeah, I was like, and this is why I, I knew it. I knew if I, I came to Chicago, I'd be fighting fire every day. Dragon every Slayer day. for thirty years, back trip. bro. I remember back trip was the real deal. I knew it. You're doing it all wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I remember. Kind of being humbled because um, it was uh, we ended up doing like point advantage like over uh, the coping on on the with a, with a two and a half um, no wall hook in place right so you're just trying to handle this thing and I I wasn't I don't want to make excuses but I wasn't quite I don't feel like I was tall enough to really hold you know so this whole, this two and a half is kicking my ass right as hell coming fresh out of the academy I think I was in pretty good shape and. Um, you know, I just couldn't get my weight on it. I probably didn't have a lot. It was less than I was now. I was probably 150 pounds maybe then. Um, and I remember just, and then having, you know, some, some other guys, Brian McDonough, a little bit bigger guy, um, in, in my eyes at the time, a little bit older. And he felt, I felt like he was handling it just fine. And he's a little <laughs> bit bigger, but you know, he knows how to use his weight and maybe right. he's a little taller and get on it. But I remember being a little bit humbled, like, you know, it doesn't matter what type of shape you're in, um, you know, firefighting is a trained skill no matter what right and i remember you know you got to learn how to use your weight when needed to instead of just your arms right because i remember my arms were just smoke you know <laughs> trying to hold on to this thing and i was like this is why i'm not on an engine no i don't know <laughs> but uh but yeah so it was um yeah at the time i was like fuck yeah this is this is awesome and it, and it still is every day's every day's an, an adventure especially with uh you know, if it's not always fires, it's just, you know, front row seat to the greatest show But did world. you know you wanted to be on a truck from yeah, day one? Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I wanted to be on a truck, um, for sure. I mean, obviously I had some previous experience a little bit uh, to know that, but, I mean, I'm, I'm still a, a meathead. I, you know, I like breaking <laughs> things. You know, but when you I, went to, I, I, when you I don't went, know if you know this, but I make cameras for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what... Were you was it that assignment or was it a different assignment where you and Bob made some ladder rescues? It was that assignment. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna forget the address. Right. South, west, north. Oh no, it's I mean so it's South Chicago, it was seventy Man, I can't remember the address. Uh but courtyard what, building neighborhood. Uh, neighborhood. neighborhood. Um, so I, we weren't, we were not first due. We were second due with, uh, truck 49, um, uh, man, 76th. And I can't think of it. Okay. Paxton, so Paxton. And you were the second truck. So you don't we get, you don't get the front. No, we don't get the front. We kind of ended up doing it because it was, uh, you know, it was on the corner, right. And it was a big kind of courtyard building, um, ta- taxpayer in the front, uh, you know, stores down, um, stairs were burned out. Right. So, um, just people in windows, man. Uh, people in windows, and I have a video of it, which uh, fire department made me take down. Um, but I had a, you I had don't a video you don't I, you don't have a video. Of I it. don't have a video of it. Well, actually, the, the the issue wasn't the video. The issue the issue 
in the video, obviously, was was a, a CFD logo in the video. Oh. Uh, but so um, yeah, we've ran into that before. Yeah, school. right. So um, because we actually did a really good job of, of controlling people's privacy and blurring people out. But I think twenty four saves ended up being made in that in that building altogether. So when you guys were on the way, did you know this was a ladder rescue shit show? I on think the way on the there? way we heard yeah people people needing rescues uh, okay. pulled up people in windows. And what was your assignment? Um, right off the bat, um, like, you know, well, like, what were you riding for the day? Like, we were going to rough, we were going to officer. I think I was going to rough. Okay. Um, but I didn't go up. Usually, you know, even the rough spot, second do, um, on a building like that, you know, some you'll send up the rough guy as well, um, instead of just the driver, right? That was a big ass building. Um, but we had searches and rescues to make. So I stayed down. I, uh, Sean Malie, I told him, hey, you know, you know, go up, I'm going to stay down here and, 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 and help grab these people, right? Um, were there ladders already up? Or there you, were some. Uh, the main was thrown, the and then we were, throwing, we were throwing ladders. We were throwing ladders, uh, a bunch of ladders. There were so many people. You know, there's people hanging out. And I remember the, the, first, uh, the first window we went to, uh, me, and, me and Bob, um, uh, I think Wayne uh, Suko, Sukla was our uh, officer. I think it, was, it might have been his, was that his first day as an officer? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I can't confirm. But anyway, um, uh, you know, people hanging. So there's a, a, a woman and she had children and hanging. And, you know, uh, Bob went up and she's just handing what kid, floor kids out on? this window. I think that was third. Okay. I think it was four stories altogether. And you guys, my memory's terrible. I feel like this career, we're helping, everything yeah, we're helping I do, you. it we're just all blurs together. But I think I think it was four story altogether. And they were on third. It's either that they were on second because it was a taxpayer. You know, it was a little bit higher up. Um, so, um, but she's just handing kids out, and then and then um, and then uh, he, I think Bob brought down two or three, and then there was another. I went out and grabbed the other one, and then and then I had to help help her out, and uh, she she wasn't uh, necessarily the tiniest woman in the world. Um, and uh, I said, come on. I got you. Daddy's got you. Don't worry. Come on out. <laughs> no she looked video. out and saw a 150-pound uh, car. I got you. She, she was pretty. I remember being nervous getting out. Don't worry. I got you. And then, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was early morning. So, you know, you can sure. imagine that sure. not all the clothes were there. So. Yeah. Now, was it early morning for you or late at night? Uh, it was early morning for Okay. Us. You guys, think, you guys yeah. had just gotten on? Uh, no, so late, sorry, late at night, but okay. early morning, yeah. towards the end of, end of your shift, pretty sure. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, towards the end of your shift. Um, so, and then sure enough, she come down, we made another grab out another window, and then after that guy was immediately out, I mean, that whole, that whole, whole window lit up. Just moving um, the same ladder? Yeah, I think, or had another one, I think we threw another one. Um, just ladders everywhere. Just make, huh? yeah, ladders, <laughs> every, it was good, I mean, everybody did what they are supposed to do, right? Everybody, yeah. everybody didn't wait for too much yeah. direction, just started throwing gra- ground ladders. There should be ladders everywhere, right? Yeah, throwing right. ground ladders and making grabs, and then how fast some of those, those windows closed up with fire. Basically, what happened was, uh, I think the hallway was burnt out and the stairwells was burnt out um so nobody could actually make an exit so okay um and even that we was ended the up, only way out yeah we even tried to we ended up doing because the stairs were out we ended up kind of doing a, a trying to do a ves kind of going in through the window and then seeing if we could search any further but then right there in the hallway that, that the was, hallway it, huh? was, was burned out so you're doing attack and fire and over on what you can there uh, until you until you pulled back out and eventually i ended up going topside after that just because uh cock loft and chasing fire up there and everything um so 
Maybe I can edit that video and put it back up and see if they yell at me again. <laughs> well, if there was only one issue. <laughs> right, I mean, right, right. You can fix that They'll find it up. They'll find <laughs> another one. <laughs> it's not like I'm telling everybody about it right now. Yeah. Right? They won't. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, I don't, it wasn't, I wasn't that. Yeah, Bob Corey was there. I don't know how many years that I was I was on Truck Seventeen, but um, you know that's why you come to the big city, though, right? Those that's what you, that's those, what you signed up those for. Those high adrenaline. Uh, yeah. I'm always we're always chasing adrenaline. Um, What's your and, scariest moment? Uh, that one was wasn't necessarily scary. Um, I mean, I, I can't do this whole podcast, but I mean, I was on the fire when we lost Danny, right? But that was after the fact, scary moment, right? Because that. That fire was was zero threat level. Uh, old cold storage building, uh, white smoke to the floor. First floor, nothing. Second floor, white smoke to the floor. Can't see a hand in front of your face, right? No heat, smoke not moving, cold smoke. Let's go find out where this whatever bullshit's been smoldering for forever. Right. And let's go put it out, right? Let's go find a window. You know, let's open this up. Let's air this out. You know, it's no rush, no... And, There's no uh, sense of urgency, right? No sense of urgency, yeah. and then that's one thing I. I Everything I, seems still. And I, I think any you know any time we we lose somebody and and you know I didn't know Danny too well, but uh, other than working with them uh, here and there um, a few times, I was, we weren't uh, really good friends, but um, an acquaintance, a work acquaintance. Um, anytime we lose somebody, I think it's important we we pull lessons uh, from it. Um, so. Uh, the one thing I learned there is even with zero threat level, without any sense of urgency, if I can't see my hand in front of my face, and we're talking five <laughs> inches in front of my face, you should be down on the ground, right? And, and would have that helped? I, I don't know. You know, um, you know who, who knows? But I, I know I remember hearing. Uh, so if you're if you're not familiar with the fire, it was uh, middle of the night. Um, it would end up being uh, somebody was welding uh, uh, that afternoon. Had a small fire, put it out, didn't call the fire department. So you have this old uh, cold storage area in this building, uh, cork that had been smoldering all night, and eventually it's coming out, um, coming out uh, the top and the, the eaves of the building, or the smokestack in the building, and. Um, and, uh, you know, we have to force entry, go in there, and again, no, no threat level, um, and people are just making searches about halfway. I, I think I went right. I did went right because uh, the guys in front of me went straight, which I thought was down a hallway. So I went right. And what floor are you on? This is only a second floor. Okay. It's a two-story commercial building. Um, had a basement, though. And I'm, I'm going right because I'm thinking, well, let's go find a window, air this thing out, right? Um, those guys went straight. I'll go right. And uh, I remember hearing a, a call for uh, holes in the floor, right? Emergency alert, holes in the floor. And uh, I'm like, oh, all right, holes in the floor. I'll be a little more careful. I'll take my hook out and I'll, I'll prod a little bit more, right, right in front of me. And uh, I'll make my way to, to a window, to the right wall, see if I can find a window. And then uh, after that, we heard the mayday. Um, and I think it was the chief at the time uh, called the, called the mayday because he was on the first floor, and uh, you know somebody went went down through what it was in an open elevator shaft, unprotected, wide open, commercial elevator freight elevator shaft, all the way down to the basement. You know, uh, wide open, couldn't see, and, you know, just a tragic tragic thing. 
um, especially, uh, unfortunately, it, you know, it obviously against code, a wide open elevator shaft. Right. You know. Was he in the group that went straight? No, he, he went right? left. He probably did. And I, I cannot remember for the life of me if he was in front of me or behind me. Um, I think the report that came out ended up saying he was in front of me. I don't remember him being in front of me. I thought he was behind me because we were both kind of late getting to the party because, um, you know, I had forced the, uh, I had that little uh, little battery-powered grinder, so we cut the locks on the uh, address side of the building, and then I went around to the back to check. By the time I came back, uh, I remember seeing Danny with uh, 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 the search saw, right, the K950, and, you know, I kind of made fun of him, you know, because I was proud <laughs> of our little battery-powered thing because it just zipped it so quick, right, got it open. And so too late, pal, you know. And then I, I think I had to, I think I had to put that back, I put that back, or I dropped that, and I had to grab my hook because I didn't have my hook because I was focused on. So let me grab my hook, and then we'll go in there. And uh, same thing, I think he put his saw back. So we were both a little bit behind those guys, you know, instead of being right, right up next to them. Uh, so I honestly, I, I can't tell. Um, and and if if I blocked it out, I don't know. But you know, all I know is he went left. So did that mean why I went right, or why did I not go left? You know, because yeah. it definitely could have been me down that hole for sure. Yeah. If you, so, do you, like, play that game with yourself? Does that come into your mentality of initially I, for like if I didn't oh, if if I didn't have that grinder or I didn't go put that down that I could have been the guy? Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. If I didn't forget my hook, I don't know if I, I want to say forgot my hook. I think I intentionally just I was like, let me get this open real quick and let yeah. me go because I seen the locks when we pulled up. Like I seen the 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 gate and the lock. So let me go. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely. Like, I mean, wh- wh- why did I go right? Uh, why did I decide? Maybe just because I'm right-handed. You know, it's something as simple as that. Yeah. And, and why? Okay, let me let me find a window. Well, I, subconsciously, I know the end of the building is a little bit closer on this side. Let me go find a window this way, right? And, and who knows what Danny's thinking? But again, zero threat level. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. Same thing. If people go straight, well, let's just go find whatever bullshit this is. So anyway, if 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 people are listening to this and and I've I've posted this on on uh, uh, at least uh, on an anniversary as I, I like to if I'm teaching sometimes I like to share this this uh, what happened because it's important we learn from it. Um, I I definitely <laughs> I've definitely heard uh, <laughs> Monday morning quarterbacking on getting down and, and searching and I don't mean you need to be crawling on on two hands and feet and everything and all that but uh, uh, my lesson is. If if you can't see in front of your face, stay low to the ground to some yeah. capacity. Well, you know, if you so. if you if Steve, if you remember back to our very first podcast, if Jeff Rich was in the same situation, if Jeff Rich hadn't wasn't standing up, he doesn't go out the window. You know, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. If I went left, I'd be down. I'd be down that hole. Yeah. You know? And so. when you talk about the zero threat level, it's um, the Billy Heenan. He he ran in there thinking that this was nothing. He can see all the way through right. the kitchen, all the way into there, and when he gets there, he sees it coming up the registers, yeah, and that, and then that's when he winds up in trouble. But he walked in there thinking the same thing, zero threat, right. there's nothing here. I got perfect vision all the way through, mm-hmm. and it winds up being in the basement. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a common theme we keep hearing as we continually do podcasts. It, it, it's a pretty familiar theme uh, when people get in trouble, yeah, it's that complacency or that that zero threat level seems to be where a lot of people get in trouble. And and our 
we really have to learn, I think, to, to slow down, right? You know, yeah. it's 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 one thing being Which aggressive. Is hard. It's hard, right? Because yeah. you want to be aggressive, especially, you know, making a rough or getting it open as fast as possible, those sorts of things, making searches as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, have you slowed down since that day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I still really, I still it, get fired up, especially, and I'm guilty of using a 10-pound tool on the rough, and it, if it ends up being a tough rough, um, I'm still guilty of swinging harder and faster <laughs> instead of just taking it easy and letting the tool do the work and then going, man, this tool is heavy. Man, my forearms hurt, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think so, and I think that's a skill set that just comes over time, uh, especially even your physical capacity in a, in a fire is controlling your heart rate, controlling your breathing, and learning, learning to slow down. Um, because, you know, if you're super aggressive and putting everything into it, you know, you're done, you're gassed out and yeah. you got to take a breather and you don't want to be that guy in the corner taking a breather. I want to take you back to your Curacao days. All right. Because <clears throat> this is Curacao. Curacao. Yeah. <laughs> but you got into... Wait, um, before you start, can you grab me one of those delicious Illuminated Brew Works? Beers? Illuminated Brew Works, can you proud grab? sponsor of Chicago's Bravest yeah. Stories. What flavor would you uh, like? Steve, trust. It's trust season, isn't it? We got, what do we got? Stupid Jupiter, uh, trust. If you got an orange sunshine in there, I'm calling dibs. Oh, I got a trust, uh, I'm going to have a trust. There we go. There we go. Illuminated <laughs> Brew Works on Northwest Highway in the Nora Park neighborhood. Next to the car wash. Next to the car wash. Just look them up. Illuminated Brew Works. They got a website. They got social media. Yeah, this is a lager. You want you want to switch the alcohol? I got a straight tequila right now. Still, that tequila is nice. Yeah, it's on the on the rocks. It's nice. If Illuminated Brew Works did tequila, it would be good too. All right, so we're back in Curacao. Right. And I was told that you're an undefeated MMA. Professional, professional athlete. Professional athlete. I like to tell people that all the time. Yes, undefeated. Uh, yep, undefeated professional athlete. Uh, strong record of uh, 1-0, and o, people. 1-0. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Yep. And I can't even, you know, you use the term professional, uh, but it's uh, where I was in, in Curacao. Is that me or you? That's you. You're I thought I, my listen, I like it. It was a nice little chime. Tell everybody what year you were born, and they'll understand why your fucking phone keeps going off. <laughs> Maybe it'll, well, now it'll just buzz. Yeah, great. I um, thought I fixed that. All right. Yeah. I'm like, whose phone is that? Tell me where you're born. Where you're born. Hang on. Let's. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Are you muted? I'm gonna mute. Oh wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, he's a Pacific <laughs> Islander. He's, he's a Pacific you don't Islander. Look it, no, he's a Pacific it. Islander. Hey, yeah. don't change the subject. We're <laughs> all right. We're on a tropical island, and we're with a professional well, I, athlete. I undefeated record. Yeah. Uh, the martial arts. Not there, even John Jones has uh, that record. Good lord! The martial arts there. The uh, their their kickboxing is awesome. Uh, their jujitsu. They have some awesome jujitsu practitioners. But it was kind of newer to the island, especially the MMA and everything. Right. So the kickboxing had been around. The MMA was kind of taken off. Because I understand that you do jujitsu. Is that your your form uh, of martial art? I, I, I mean, I miss it. it used you don't to be, roll anymore? I, uh, I do fireball. You know, bro, <laughs> fireball. bro, he rolls fireball. Dude, I roll I, fire, we've had and this I discussion hate, via text it, message. I miss, it so, I miss it so much. I do because it's such a great... Um, I, well, I will say this. Uh, two things, and shout out to my wife because uh, you'll like this, but two things I've found simulate the exhaustion you get in firefighting, right? Two things. CrossFit. Jiu-jitsu. CrossFit's CrossFit's there because I did CrossFit yeah. when I was training for 
uh, when I was training for fighting. We yeah. did CrossFit in, in Curacao. Specifically, specifically. CrossFit Harwood Heights um, programming yes. at CrossFit Harwood so, Heights. Yes. Such a, such a no, no, 100%. <laughs> I would agree that 100%, 110%. Yeah. yeah. But uh, jujitsu for sure. Yeah, jujitsu, just that that full body, yeah. you know, uh, muscular strain sort of thing. And it's well, and, and you it's just you that metabolic you conditioning, quit. and you can't quit. You can't right? quit. And it, so to back that up, the same thing I found is my wife has dragged. So my wife Paloma, she's a beautiful, wonderful uh, yoga instructor um, as well, and she definitely helps out with Fire Mall. If you if you've been involved with with uh, yeah. purchase orders and admin, you might have talked to my wife, which is much better to talk to over email than myself. Um, but uh, she's dragged me to a couple hot Pilates uh, in, in the past. <laughs> and believe it or not, because it's hot as shit in there. Hot Pilates? Yeah, I hot didn't Pilates. even know that was a thing. Oh, dude, it's like, you know, they crank it up to 100 some odd degrees, right? And uh, Just so you know, hot Pilates. Dude, I just Vince's said that. college <laughs> nickname. Well, thanks for picking day. up the slack. Yes. Uh, I'm a little Pilates. upset he doesn't have uh, tights on right now. But, um, Underneath. <laughs> Believe it or not, though, it's it's hot as shit, and and you got to keep going, right? It's just repeated muscular movements nonstop. So, and what is firefighting? It's hot as shit. It's repeated muscular movements nonstop, and you're wondering, what am I doing with my life? You Did know, we just get in the hot Pilates business. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I think uh, Mitch is out. promoting Ooh, hot Pilates. Yeah. So, there's an open for uh, somebody that might want to sponsor uh, the podcast yeah. in the hot Pilates field. What if we did jujitsu? In a hot Pilates gym. Well, that's actually I. Sometimes I crank it. You know, it's like high school wrestling. It's called high school wrestling, bro. You could do those five minute rounds. Yeah. You die. Uh huh. No, it's good. That's <laughs> good. So, um, oh god. So, uh, how do we get? We were talking yeah, about how'd, the, how'd you get uh, into that jujitsu and that, everything. Were you so. fighting before that? Or well, I wrestled. Any? I wrestled in high school. Right, did football. I was terrible at football. I was small and slow. Wrestling, I was. I was a. I was decent at. Probably more of a narcissist than anything. I always thought I was better than I actually was, so I didn't train as hard as I should have, right? Um, but uh, um, so then I, I did judo for a little bit and jujitsu, and I, I like the physical contact and self-defense sort of stuff and and pushing yourself. So I, um, uh, when I was there, you know, I, I I did. I started doing some of the, the jujitsu again and, and and some of the striking, the kickboxing, and, and had opportunity to start fighting. And it was new enough there, and 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 honestly. The, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu portion was personally, and I'm not shooting anything down there, but I, I felt like a lot of the fighters there didn't have, it's not ingrained, they didn't have wrestling growing up, they didn't have, you know, so it, I kind of had a, a step up there, so I, instead of doing an amateur bout, I was like, oh, I might as well just do pro. Uh, just yeah. just jump right into it. Who yeah, wouldn't? So, Why not? Yeah, right? Cool. So, and if the, I, there is, it's on YouTube somewhere. There's a there is that one pro fight. Steve. <laughs> I, we got Steve. it from the, I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> so, and I, and I, and I fought a guy that didn't make weight whatsoever and probably should not have been fighting, but, uh, <laughs> and my plan was to kick him in the face. And if that didn't work, I was going to put him in an arm bar and that's what happened. So, <laughs> so it's, it wasn't pretty, you know, um, but, but you're still the champ. Yeah, and I got paid. I got paid you money. Got paid? That's right, buddy. I think I made seven, <laughs> eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, it doesn't and get any better than that. No, huh? and I, I wanted to keep doing it, uh, but then we Chicago called, right? And we did the academy, and then Just we came out the Chicago academy. Chicago fucked up you being like, well, yeah, bro, you could have been like the no, Michigan version of Conor McGregor. What weight class did like you fight? In, I'm not good. That was 155. You could have been fighting Conor McGregor. Oh God! Yeah, right. Jesus. Hell yeah! <laughs> Smoke me, <laughs> Christ. There's there's professional athletes. There's real professional athletes, and there's me pretending. So, um, but hey, you had the nuts to step in the ring. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I wish I would have done it more for sure. I mean, yeah. I missed training and stuff, and I, you know, I was going to do some more, but then you are the academy, fir- you are and, first champion that we have, we had. There we go, our first champion. Is he? Yeah. Thank you. Kind of a big deal. Oh, there isn't anybody who sat in that chair that was undefeated in his pro career. I mean, Jerry Marzula might think he's like undefeated Dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> something. <laughs> There's guys that are so much better. Than me. <laughs> Does it matter in the books? <laughs> You are undefeated. Oh, where's uh, where's shout out to Mike Cannon? Where's he at? I used to, oh, live, I used yeah. to live in his basement. Yeah, <laughs> Mike's the real deal, man. He's the real deal. That guy, fuck. Is that was that your residency when you? Uh, no, back? no. We moved there later because you know I bought the business and stuff. So I was like, I didn't want to buy a house, but it was time to get out of the living in the apartment living. Um, so Mike had a had a basement apartment. Uh, so we we lived there. Oh, like a mother in law setup. Yeah, 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 right, right. We did we did that for a little while while this business was growing and stuff, and and then eventually moved out of there. So, but that that guy's probably way be, way better than me. Just don't tell him. <laughs> where do you wrestle? Ma, where do you wrestle in high school? Mount Carmel. Saint, is he? Yeah. Mike, I'm getting it wrong. You were I know you're Mount Carmel, Saint Rita, something like that. So he's still soft as baby shit. So. <laughs> don't tell him I said that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mitch, where can people find out about this fire mall? Where can they purchase a fire mall? You could, anybody can buy this, right? Oh yeah, anybody can buy it. Uh, that uh, the grips, our tool lube, our tool lube is a is a tool conditioner, anti corrosion for steel, uh, wood conditioner, um, old pappy's tool lube. The sticker says, "Don't be a fool." lube your tool. Uh, so <laughs> that's you <know>. the model. <laughs> that is the model. Um, uh, you know, our grips, the new Halligan bar coming out, which has been a, a hell of a project, all that well, stuff. Well, you have one here. I'm looking at it. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It looks like something Thor would use. You were running me through some of the specifics that make your Halligan different, and right. I, I think it's well, interesting. Like, so why don't, you, why don't you grab it, turn mm-hmm. around, I would grab it, grab, grab, grab your tool, tool. grab right. your tool, clank, clank it around. Right. Right. Grab you your tool. Hear, guys, and, listen. Well, this is the iron set, so yeah. let's, let's seal they Just lock bang together. That. There right? you go. They lock together. They form a, a battering ram. Let me get closer. They form a battering ram. Uh, when he handed me, if needed. Uh, oh, that is awesome. This is just amazingness. Uh, he handed me this new forged Halligan thing that he made. It's heavy, guys. It's <laughs> meant intention. to be. A, yeah, with, yeah intention, with intention. But like, you know, I was waiting for you to hand me what would weigh like a regular Halligan bar, and I like I was like, oh wow, this has got. What do you say? Some ass to it? Yeah, it's got yeah. some ass to it. It's got that sledge it, face to it. It's a. Uh, it is anything but a regular Halligan bar. It is a yeah compact. So the original concept, which was funny, we were kind of touching on how the hell I ever got involved with designing a Halligan bar. Um, uh, I actually had to change manufacturers on my original tool. Right. That sounds fun. That yeah. sounds fun. Right. Not fun. Um, and so, I I I I had the concept well if i'm redesigning the uh fire mall head i might as well um kind of pair it with a halligan bar and the reason we did that was because people had actually and this is just the fire service doing what they do right right they, they my 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 original tool married really well with a, a, a pro bar a halligan bar you had that 32 inch handle and they locked in so well some people are using both of them to just Smack in doors, right? Wood, 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 wood frame doors, right? Um, just to be able to smack it in. Now we do need to control our door and all that, and that, that's fine if you want to do that. But um, depending on where you're at, maybe you got a bunch of apartments you got to search, sort of wood frame. Right. We got to knock them open. They were just <laughs> knocking these things in. 
So it was kind of like taking that concept and going, oh, let's make a compact iron set that you can do that with. Hey, let's let's build a strap on there so we can strap it together and, and have a, a back handle that doesn't absorb the impact. Let's put a notch in the bar notch or a piece of metal in the in the bar notch so it doesn't compress and squish your fingers. That, that sort of stuff kind of all kind of developed and actually kind of came up with this this run us through some of the unique shit that uh Um, like yeah so you know this this ran through and the reason these changes happened because i again i did never anticipate actually doing this but i was like you know what maybe i can make a halligan bar and i never really wanted to but i i had these things in my head these these little changes that you know we're always we're always kind of go over which is is you know when you're using the ads portion of your tool to roll away from the spike those sorts of things so i was I kind of got done designing my my new head for the the fire mall, and um, I just had some thoughts on the on the Halligan bar. I'm like, you know, maybe I could, you know, what I really like having a, a striking face or a large face on my Halligan bar. You know, I, I I really why why is the spike up at the top? Why don't we move the spike down away? And I I went from just kind of having those thoughts to calling uh, Sean Wilson from uh, Two Devils Tools. Shout out to Sean Wilson. I literally called him one day. And I said, and it was just those little things in my mind, like that spike. Um, uh, why is it? Why is it up? The, you know, at the top of it. Is there any reason Were for you that? At, did you ask him why is it made like this? <clears throat> yeah, basically. Why is it angled down? Yeah, like, well, like why is yeah? Why is the spike right on the end? Um, you know, talking over why we have a two-inch ads. Um, you know, I think we went over some other things. Did he have legitimate answers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the one thing we were like, we, we couldn't really come up with a good idea on the spike and, and some other things. And I said, you know, um, some other other aspects of the tool is, you know, why don't we have a bigger, wider sort of uh, kind of uh, forks? Uh, and I, I called it like an inside fork ramp. Uh, so all those things. It's, it's like I was having shoulder. It's like putting shoulders on. Uh, yeah, on your in mall, an aspect right? like a like a way to a way to stop the tool, and that'll make sense here in a sec. But I literally went from just that discussion. Didn't think I was going to make a halogen bar. I went from that discussion to sitting at my at my shop off of Lake Street uh, one night uh, drinking uh, Miller Lights, I think. Oof. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and just, just drinking them. And at this point in, in my kind of tool uh, career, my business career, um, you know, I'd gotten pretty good at CAD modeling, um, designing tools. And so I went there, and I think I spent like thirty some odd hours straight just, just designing. Just so we're yeah. at this point where you're not paying, you're not paying somebody. No, to no, ca- no, no. I, I've gotten. I kind of taught myself how to how to three D model. So you're doing it. You're like Vince. You get drunk and you CAD yeah. model while he yeah. edits podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I I had spent. I called my wife and say, Hey, I'm on. It's one of those moments where I'm on to you something. You have a very understanding wife. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's amazing. Um, and so, so I, I like a crazy man. I, and, and it, some things have changed, uh, from the original, you know, design that I did, but, um, you know, uh, your listeners can't, can't see this, but I have this Halligan bar in front of me, but how is, long is this? It I is, mean, they will see it on social yeah, media. On okay. Facebook, so it's, it's 26 it. inches long. So it's that compact iron set, right? So my fireball has a 28 inch handle. The Halligan bar is 26 inches. The concept there was an officer style Halligan bar, right? What, what, what does a truck officer have in Chicago? Every single one of them, practically. Halligan, Halligan bar, bar, right? Um, how often are they using it for true uh, operations? You know, that for opening a door here and there, but it's nice to have that compact sort of size, right? It's nice to have that sledge face on here. So on this tool, you'll see it has a sledge face, kind of sledge head on it for actually using that tool to strike if needed. I could strike it. Um, the other thing it does for you is having a large area to hit, right? If I'm driving this ads, I have a large surface area 
along with my other tool, has a large surface area. What happens when you have two large surface areas hitting each other? More drive, more force going into that tool, right? So we want large flat surface areas. Um, the spike I put down and away from the top of the tool. So I moved it away from the top of the ads. And I did that because, um, again, we can actually roll towards that ads. If I'm in like a left-hand inward swinging door and I'm gapping my door, um, I'm rolling that tool. I can actually drop my weight into that tool and roll towards ads. And, and it won't good. run into the Yeah, spike. it won't run into the door until you've made a decent amount of your gap. Now, it will eventually, right? And then we can rotate back up. But I've done our initial, what I almost say sometimes is the hardest part, getting that initial gap and the initial yeah. softening of that door, which then uh, moves into your set and your force, right? So it's everything's about the initial gap. So then you can gap it. Um, I have a inch and a half ads on there. The reason I did that was this thing's only 26 inches long. I want my MA back. I want mechanical advantage back. I can get a 17 to 1 out of a smaller halion bar, right? Uh, the other thing uh, we focus on technique-wise is turning your door into a lever, and actually most most doors will flex, or metal doors will flex down, down and out, right? So starting a gap low, using the inch and a half ads to gap your door low, work your gap up the door. Um, so, so you have that huge MA on there. You have... Uh, your uh, grip rings, this falls back into our grip kit, right? We started using these rings for your grip kit, and these rings, we call them lacing rings because they encircle the, the tool that you're holding, and they form ridges between your fingers or at the base in your hand. Well, if I have to forge something, I might as well forge some rings into it. Now, they're a little bit small in case you don't want them. You don't, you know, you, they're not a hindrance by any means. You could add a grip kit to it if you want, or you could leave it, but they're actually forged into the bar to give you something to grip onto, hold onto. Uh, moving down the bar, you have a, a flat kind of a shoulder strike area on both sides of the tool in case I ever have to strike the side of my tool. Now it is only 26 inches, so I already have four inches extra room to hit when I'm in those tight spaces. What's the things that get us in trouble? It's not the everyday stuff. It's not the wide open areas and everything. What gets us in trouble is the confined space, those uh, basement doors at the end of stairway where I got walls left and right of me, right? <clears throat> those are the things that get us in trouble. So uh, this tool is kind of made for those scenarios. Um, outward depth markers. Uh, so on the edges of my uh, forks, uh, you got depth markers. One indicates um, your depth of your tool and it indicates when you're past your door. Right, so if you're doing a sort of inward swinging door, it's a depth gauge. Knowing I'm past my door, I can now drive my tool all the way in. Uh, the next depth marker—that's a, a visual marker. It's a visual marker, yeah. but the nice thing about it with being outward is if I can't see it, I can feel it. Right, so I can stick my hand, gloved hand, in there, and I can feel uh, if I can't see if there's low visibility. And the crotch, there's another marker right at the crotch, and that's typically how far you want to drive in your tool, drive it to the stop. Um, and then one of the, the you know, nice thin forks. Uh, one of the things I, 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 a lot of our forced entry tactics, I think, have been uh, generated and passed down over time um, from having fat forks, right? Our original forks, even our pro bar, today's standards, the pro bar forks, you know, I, trust me, I always carried a pro bar, a great solid halligan bar, right? But it's not those nice thin forks. It's, it, it's, they're a little bit fatter. So a lot of our techniques were gapping our door and then driving the piss out of our forks four to six inches from the lock because I have these fat forks. I'm not going to sneak them into a small gap. I'm going to have to drive the piss out of them regardless. So modern halogen bars, I really like having those thin forks because I can gap my door low if needed and sneak that tool right into those little gaps and just work it up. So, uh, But then the biggest thing people might see and go, what the hell is that on there? And that is our inside fork ramp uh, on our tool. So that inside fork ramp is done it's not going to engage until after i've cleared my door cleared my stop and i can actually uh 
it actually picks up and it keeps you from overdriving that tool. It would take a ton of force to actually push that kind of wider sort of forks at the back end of that through your door. And that's kind of a rookie sort of mistake we see a lot, uh, maybe uh, newer firemen, but they'll drive that forks all the way in. And what, what do you have? You got a stuck tool and you need a tool to get it out. Um, so that, you know, that's the, the, the overall uh, features of the tool. The other thing on that spike, it's, it's, uh, it's hexagonal. So if you are doing a door spike, if you are doing a baseball swing in a door, square peg round a hole sort of thing, uh, your, your task there is to split that jam. So if it has ridges to it and it's not rounded, it'll probably split that wood faster than, than a rounded one because a rounded one will just spin in the hole. So this is where I, I kind of have issues. Um, and I, I get into my tool a little bit too much. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I never want to over-design something, but I, I think we have a, a really, obviously, well, super biased. Well, it just seems biased, like every but, single piece on here has a certain thing of yours, that a reason to it. 100%. You're not just, all right, I got to put this here because that's where it goes. Right. Or I have everything well, that you've done here is on purpose. And it's because he's a practitioner, and you've probably sought out other practitioners, right? Right, and it's it's all those little things that we because you know, you forge those little you, things that we yeah, teach, and right? you forge like, relationships with people from all over the country, correct? Right? Correct. So you are and, and instructors from here and there, Texas, Memphis, right, wherever, right? And you're like super truck guys, right? yeah, <laughs> and you're like, hey, uh, shout out to Jeremy, yeah, <laughs> and you're probably just like, hey, uh, if you needed to uh, change something, what would right? And right. these because right. it. Already, just your explanation of the tool has taught me forceful entry. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and I'm an engine. And you guy. taught right. an engine you know, guy. That's you a taught an job. engine guy something. Yeah. Right. Wow. You should right. feel Today proud of success. success. Yeah, he Today taught a success. He, he taught that a real. Sure. He taught a firefighter something, <laughs> not a firefighter's helper. Well, I and it gets back to you know we're so ingrained with tradition and those techniques and 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 honestly I think a lot of those techniques uh, and they're solid they work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying it was developed off of, of maybe some of our older tools, uh, and we've learned a lot since 1975 when the first Pearl Bar came out around that time frame, right? And so I think um, one of the things the fire service does is we're not good at embracing change. We talked about that. We're not, in, yeah. not good at just looking for the new thing, and we want to stick with what we know. Um, and I think, again, I'm, I'm super biased, but even if I'm not forcing entry with this tool, I'm going in with this in a hook. It is an overhaul monster, right? I mean, you got the weight behind it. You got you right. can go to strike. That, you that's can, your yeah. go-to is yeah, this, this, and, this a hook. and a hook. Now, if, I, if I'm not dedicated to going topside or if I'm not dedicated to forceful do you entry. Take, you, do you find yourself ever taking this to the roof? No, I haven't. People might if they want to spike. Uh, you know, I might in certain scenarios because I am like if I'm going to the the roof with uh, my big old fire mall, my ten hold pound it, fire mall. Hold it up because we got the camera going. Oh, okay. So, you know, this is oh, the, this it, is the ten your pound TSR. Fucking Vince's we'll fucking is camera. Going? Oh, is it Come off? On, let's go. I'll just stand here like I'll just sit here like this. Oh, oh it's back on. Low battery. Low battery. Change the battery. Jesus. That's all right. We'll wait for the battery change. Yeah. Is there a battery change? Yeah, I have a battery. We'll get it back on. All right, let's take a break. So, take a break. All right. All right. Uh, I think I was. I think I was. You told me to pick up the uh, the the fire mall. The TSR yeah, the fire the mall. Fire mall. The, the, the new upgraded. Because that's uh, the from the OG. that's the flagship tool, right? Yeah, well, that's... it is. It's the the updated version of it, right? Okay. This is what I you know, big old heavy. 
iron sort of. That's uh, your baby. That's mold. your. This is the new version. Yeah. We have our our own. Uh, whoops. We have our uh, our own uh, handle. You know, this is our own handle designed oh, okay. by us. All right. We went to an injection molding company, Midwest Midwest Mold, uh, out of out of Michigan, uh, made in USA handle. So this is this is our our baby. We've got those lacing rings. Real real quick. Into it. Uh, not to interrupt you nope. again. Are right. your tools are hundred percent made in the USA? Yes. Yes, uh, my tools, the heads, and everything. Um, we're working on some of our uh, our handles right now. So our original composite handles, I have no problem saying this. Original composite handles, um, we're working on bringing home to either this company here, Midwest Mold, or uh, possibly have some new connections on some other 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 handles as well. Okay. Um, what one thing you'll find when you move into manufacturing. Um, especially U.S., and this is where USA needs to step up because they don't want to give you the time of the day unless you're getting 5000 or something done, oh, 10000 or something. All right, all right? right. You know, and for us firefighter-owned manufacturers, that's hard to do. Right. right off the bat, I'm looking to do 500 maybe 1000 at the okay. most, you know. So uh, hopefully that changes, and uh, us as firefighter-owned companies, hopefully we're working on some projects here in the future to change that. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, – I keep turning my uh, – that's all right. My mic here. All right, I'm going to fix it. Yes, I'm holding that at the bottom with one hand. Hold on. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, these, these join together. They form a, form the TSR, Tactical Strike Ram. Um, so, again, all blacked out. That might be a little bit more of a police thing, uh, but it works just fine for firefighting, too. So... Um, and you got the the rings are on the handle there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the rings the rings are on there. Um, so we actually end up finding again. That was <laughs> that's something you kind of fall into, and in, as you develop the fire wrap grip kit, uh, we were looking for an ease of install, right? An ease of of fi- is fireman installing this. Show show him what it looks like married while he's got the camera out. All right, just real me, quick before I don't worry about it. The other way. Don't worry again. about it. Just don't knock over to tequila. <laughs> I'm going this way. There you go. So so he's setting them. Setting them, and there's a few things on here. You just right, and then I have a strap that hooks a spike, and you can see that on the website and everything. And it forms a forms a battery and ram. I there got some go. material in between here, and that keeps that thing uh, from flexing. Funny story: when I was testing the first versions, that was not there. You wouldn't realize the amount of flex that happens when you're using this as a battering ram. Okay. How much this handle moves. Um, yes, I definitely almost broke my fucking finger and hand because that those forks, you wouldn't think they could compress, but they compress and smash the hell out of it. Oh, we got to change that. So, um, then the, you know, honestly though, the one thing I need to touch on is, and we talked about, uh, just now about, um, USA manufacturing, the struggle it is to find USA manufacturers, um, on this, on this tool, especially the Halligan bar. Um, and some of our listeners may have been one of those that ordered uh, right before a, a global pandemic <laughs> um, in March 2020, and they're still waiting on their tool. Uh, this one that I have here is one of the first two I've had actually done as a single-piece forge, but originally this tool was designed to be an investment cast tool steel. I had so much luck with my original heads as an investment cast tool steel. Our first prototypes were that um, until they started breaking, like crazy things like the bar breaking in half under oh, wow. like the head fall. Like, so I, we just got away from it. But the, the struggle I had then after already launching a product and then trying to find a manufacturer to forge this thing. And it was originally not designed as a forge. 
Um, and that's why it was really difficult to bring into the forging realm with all that mass. And I kind of talked to you before the podcast yeah. about this. You have all this mass you have to develop off of a single piece, single rod of steel, gather all that material, get that material to flow downward and fill the spike and fill the ads and, and do that without folding on itself and having inclusions and everything. And even finding a manufacturer willing to take that on took months and months and months. And it's all one solid piece, right? It's all piece, one right? solid piece. And that's what's it's taken not so put together. long um, to develop. And, and our manufacturer, shout out to Ajax Tools um, uh, out of Franklin Park. They, they took on this project and, and they've just kept at it. And I know it's taken a long time. So everybody that's pre-ordered, we're on the cost. We're waiting on the first 100. We'll have another 150 after that, and we'll move into the, the full production, which is 1,000 bars uh, coming up here soon. Um, but the, the Have you had it strength tested? Do you know like oh, yeah. what it would oh, take to bust oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah. We've, 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 we've beat the hell out of it. Um, we, you know, it always comes down to heat treat, and you're always playing that game of heat treat of how much strength you want versus brittleness versus uh, having it bend a little bit before it breaks, those sorts of things. But we've... we've this thing it's i mean that's what happens when you switch to a forging you get all that molecular alignment and everything else where it's not going to break you have a what, what? Is molecular <laughs> alignment yeah okay I'm, I, somebody google that and see if i'm, <laughs> I'm right but uh, <laughs> honestly forging is always going to be you know casting is always going to be second fiddle to forging um because um for example this this bar as a casting was a 10 pound bar when you switch to a forging it was an 11 pound bar so what is that it's a whole another pound of density put into the tool same shape same size same everything it's so all another how, how much force would it take to bust this bar because i, I, I mean you would, i mean it, anything at the tips of anything especially these thinner tips on the forks the thinner tips on the ads um is on that the corners. what you're is that what you're testing yeah you were loading up we're loading up the ends of it and i can say um so what we've done if you do the math on the you know, I didn't mention that, and you can see this on the website, but the, the top of my tools, my striking tools, you can hook into a Halligan bar and extend your leverage, right? Right, right. So um, uh, the math on uh, on this, you're getting like 52 inches of leverage into an inch and a half adds, right? Uh, ends up being around a 33, 34 to 1 um, mechanical advantage. Take 200 some odd pounds, you know, what is that, 6,000 pounds of pressure on the adds when you're rolling that adds. I know personally... We've put as much force as we can into the tool, um, and this would be, I could probably find the video of me and Bob Corey um, putting, basically loading up the, the tip of the ads and just, just wrenching the, the, the piss out of it, right? Putting everything we have into it and hopefully not breaking and hurting ourselves. Um, and we have gotten it to bend slightly. We've done the same thing with a, with a pro bar. We've gotten it to bend slightly. You know what I mean? Everything yeah, falls yeah. in line with, with what's available. I mean, that would be a stupid amount of force uh putting into a into a into a door so that's that's expected do you know who danny bauman is i do not um we had him on the show he's an officer at uh truck 36 okay and he's he's done a bunch of welding for he's just one of these guys that knows how to do everything okay and he told me one time that when you go to um uh quench when you mm. heat yep. metal up and you, when you quench you have to you have to quench um, with your your station set up north to south. Mm. And I was like, what? Why are you even bringing that? Like, because we were watching Forge and Steel or something like right. that. And Danny said that. I'm like, why? He goes, because the magnetic earth or the magnetic something about 
magnetic uh, pole. And it, he goes, Dad will bend it just slightly. Wow. So you have to set that up. So I was like, I, you were telling me about that. Get the that. fuck out yeah, of here. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm on, not that. Uh, Danny. I would have to, if, I would have to Danny refer to. Told me, <laughs> To quench north and south, you know what I do? You would I quench, quench north, north and south. south. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys. Like, who would come up with that? Like, right. you know. And and I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, damn, you know, because yeah. when Danny's when he does stuff, he does like smaller things, mm-hmm. and so that little bend makes a world of difference for oh, the yeah. stuff that he does. Right, right. And uh, I thought you would appreciate that because I've Dude, told that to so me. Much, I've never forgotten there's, that. There's so much that goes goes into this, and especially. Uh, on these tools, I mean, you're looking at all right. So we got a striking face that we need a certain hardness. Now we got these thin ads at the end, or the thin, you know, ends of the tool really that we need to kind of be cautious that you know when we're quelching or whatever, we don't make those super hard, right? Because anyway, and I'm I'm not listen. I'm not a me- I'm not a metal worker. I'm not a, a metallurgist, which is a term. Metallurgist. Jesus. Um, I'm not a, a true forger. I've never done that. I, I think I'm pretty decent at product design, but. Um, those are the experts, but there is a true science to it. And there's even a true science to just, uh, just testing and, and trying to figure out what that exact, uh, kind of heat treat level is perfect for the tool. And it might be a little dif- different on this tool because, Hey, I have a bigger mechanical advantage on this ads, right? That's that much more force going into the corners of that, that tool. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into it. And I, what kind of steel put, is this? This is 4140. Okay. So yep. that's a, a, a standard. It's kind of a standard. Your pro bar is a 4140. Yeah. Uh, 4140. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. No yeah, big deal. Whatever. People use it. So, um, so as a forging, yeah, it's high so performance, stupid. high performance. So steel. yours goes to 11 is what you're telling me. Yeah. Your amp, your amp goes to 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes to 11. <laughs> You've never seen Spinal Tap. Nope. Oh, <laughs> right. Actually. Thank you, Steve, yeah, for taking that up, man. I can 1980s. Say, Mike Algrove. Mike Algrove, where are you at? Where are you at? We need you, Mike. Yeah. I think I've seen aspects of it, uh, but usually it was back in high school where maybe I wasn't all sound mind at the time. Oh, so. all right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, so during this journey yeah. of developing tools, how many tools have you developed? Well, uh, so as far as tools go, we have original Fire Mall. Okay. Um, we have now our uh, eight-pound version, which is the Mauler. We have our Pickhead version, which is the Reaper. So the Reaper. You owe, there. you owe me a Reaper, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I do. I yeah. do. We're gonna see, fit. I already forgot yeah, again. God, we'll finish that up before the podcast is over. Such, God, there's so much in my mind. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, you know, now there's the uh, the TSR Firemall, which is the redesign of the original Firemall, and then the TSR Halligan Bar. So, so during fire. all of that, mm-hmm. getting, you know, Moving uh, offices and moving shops, buying, moving yeah. shops, and that you got involved a little bit with PFAS oh, yeah. research. Yeah, and I, yeah, we can touch on that for, uh, for sure. Um, I wish I could have been uh, a little bit more active in it, but I definitely got involved. And and if if your listeners are not aware, and hopefully they are, uh, uh, PFAS, uh, polyfluorinated chemicals, Teflon, right? And if anybody's seen the movie Dark Waters, at least from that movie, you can determine that it's bad. It's bad for you. Right. PFAS is, is proven to cause cancer, testicular cancer, um, high cholesterol, um, high blood pressure, um, birth defects, yeah. those sorts of and things. And where would somebody this, come across this chemical? Right. Oh, so, yeah. Right. Conveniently. Well, conveniently, um, it is in a lot, of, a lot of household products, but it's highly concentrated because what it is it's 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 a man-made chemical and it is uh, really the world's uh 
best water repellent, right? It, it keeps us, it keeps water off of things, right? And, and um, where do we need that? Well, we need that. I shouldn't say need. Where do we have that? We have that in our firefighting gear. Um, and I got involved with this after reading an article on Station Pride on uh, by my friend uh, <clears throat> about my friend Diane Cotter, who started questioning the chemicals that are in our gear after her husband uh, got cancer, and he. He followed all the precautions, did everything, showered after, washed his gear, did everything he could and still got it. And we, we thought, she thought it was, was kind of like a huh moment, right? And then she started identifying uh, that, that there's PFAS in our gears, PFAS, polyfluorinated chemicals. Uh, particularly PFOA is a big bad one. That was one that, that gives us cancer. And they've, they've gotten away from using that uh, directly and they've used some new side chains um, they've kind of changed the molecular makeup of it, uh, but our bodies also process that as well as it breaks down and it becomes bad for you. <laughs> um, and so uh, I got involved uh, because I had an opportunity with my, my first uh, 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 grip kits that I was selling. They were at a higher uh, price point, and I wanted to donate some of that money uh, to this cause. And that cause was um, doing testing on gear and seeing, well, how much of it is actually in this gear? Because it's not publicized, right? Right. And that's and not cheap. No, that's, that not, that's not cheap. So I, I, uh, I, I kind of committed some of our, our money from that to uh, Last Call Foundation, and we end up forming a committee to basically study this uh, and to form the first uh, sort of study on it. Uh, Graham Peasley uh, out of Notre Dame, um, we formed a committee, and, and we – you know, bought gear or had gear donated to start doing some of this, some of this testing. Now, were and, you looking for older gear specifically? So, yeah, two, newer gear, uh, older gear. Um, what was the most uh, eye-opening was uh, able to getting a hold of uh, uh, older gear. So I think it was around 8 or 10 years old. We had both uh, a, a new set, right? So it was unused. It stayed unused that whole time, Okay. right? And a used set. Right. And so basically, and you can, it's a published paper. You can look it up and you can, you can find out, um, that, um, the, the, the PFAS, the amount of PFAS, not only, not only is this stuff, you know, highly fluorinated in every layer of the gear, not just on the outside, on the moisture barrier. And there's reasons for that. And I can get into that. Um, but the other thing we found out is over uh, a time span of eight to 10 years, uh, a good amount of that came off of the gear during use. Meaning forty to fifty percent of it. So you shed. got you got to so, settle yourself. Where did it, now? Where's so, it going? Right, right. Yeah. It's coming off. It's shedding off during use, during uh, washing, during whatever it is. It's coming off. So when they say it's forever chemical, they say that because it, it doesn't break down. It never goes away. There, there's no you know there's no destroying this stuff right. really right. So it never goes away. Um, and and when there's something that never goes away and it's actually bad for you. Um, Again, there's there's two sides of, of every story, but I think there's a reason why cancer rates in the fire service have gone up across the board, not just fire departments that are fighting fire all the time. Because we like to say, well, modern modern right, design, right. modern products, the plastics, all this and everything. And I'm sure that contributes as well. But there's fire departments that are not seeing nearly as much fire, and they're seeing cancer rates go up, right? So... Um, and, and the reason we started using these chemicals uh, initially um, was because it was good at waterproofing gear, right? Uh, eventually, um, uh, eventually, NFBA 
one uh, created a UV degradation test, and we could get into a rabbit hole of why that <laughs> test was ever put in, because especially on a moisture barrier, something that never sees the light of day, why are we testing it for ultraviolet degradation, right? right? Um, and the only thing that could really make that pass, pass that test, are these chemicals, this PFAS, right? Um, for, for me, why are we putting a higher uh, value to performance qualities over long-term health? Um, if we know something is bad for us, why is it still part of the standard, right? Um, I think it's important that we, we learn to take a step back and not put necessarily, quote-unquote, performing I mean, how long was Chicago in, <laughs> excuse me, three-quarter boots, you know what I mean, and right. long coats, right? Um, maybe we need to take a, a step back and not put such a, a uh, high value on necessarily, uh, you know, water uh, permeability or, or, or shedding water uh, repellent off of our gear and, and use something, because there's other options out there. We can go back to a polyurethane layer, uh, and and those sorts of things that are not going to be as dangerous for us. I mean, if it's just bad for us, why is it in our gear? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so how, 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 who was doing the study? It was the University of Notre Dame? Yes. And did you have communication with them? Yeah, or? I mean, that was the whole point of the committee we formed um, yeah. was to study, um, a uh, see how, gather the data, publish the data, put the data out there. How does that data relate to to firefighting. I mean, the long-term aspect, the, the reason Notre Dame and Graham Peasley got involved is th these are forever chemicals. So when we make gear, right, and then that gear is past its service date of 10 years, what do we do with it then? What do you do? We cut it up, throw it in the landfill. All right, it goes in the landfill. And then what? And then where's the landfill go? It just goes there, and then it leaches into water. And the reason we ever knew PFAS uh, was bad for us, there's a huge lawsuit against DuPont, uh, I can't remember this. I can't remember the whole movie. I can't remember the city out of Ohio. Yeah, right. That's well. I, 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 Diane. Hopefully, she listens to this. But she's basically the Aaron Brockovich of, of PFAS and these chemicals because, it will. And PFAS didn't just exist in the firefighting gear. Where else did it exist? Foam, foam, right? Yeah, foam that you spent a lot of time around. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, to some degree. Um, the nice thing, I guess, I want to say the nice thing, but. Um, although we did we did flow when when testing and stuff. Let's be honest, I wasn't fighting a ton of fires. It's not like planes sure. were crashing every day. But you trained. It, yeah, I trained right. Um, so I, I would have to. I don't know what my exposure level was on that. It was some for well, sure. I there, definitely there, walked. There I've definitely walked a around federal lawsuit on that. Right, right. That but if, if you're wearing gear that's loaded with PFAS and you're walking through and you're walking foam, through foam that's loaded, and we with wonder PFAS. why I have high cholesterol and high blood pressure. And I'm not necessarily, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm that far out of shape. You know, I don't know. Is there a correlation there? Uh, could you know, be. Could be. I mean, for sure. You know, you know. Uh, it's just. Well, why do you think we still have that stuff? in our gear uh it's still part of the standard um there is you know it's, but with it's still, you i mean you right. guys provided empirical evidence right and has there been any movement toward definitely that? we've got oh yeah we've gotten sure. it out of the uh the uh outer shell right so right now and that's been that's been a huge step. We got it out of the other shell. It's just that standard, that 1971 standard, that UV degradation test. There is no other chemical right now that we can use, and then also pass that test and some of the breathability tests and everything else that we do in our gear. Right? There's nothing else that works. And nobody says that 
we don't need that UV test on the There's inner layer? There's ton of people, but NFPA will not approve it. So it, we're NFPA stuck at right NFPA. right now is going, hey, no, it's the requirement. There was a T, TI to, to remove it, remove that standard, and it's still in there. And, and they, the NFPA isn't just firefighters. No, there's just people so everybody on, the, knows. on the board yeah. that have other fi- interests yeah. other than firemen. I mean, like, just so everybody has an idea, NFPA on the board or whatever, the makeup of NFPA, it's not just firemen. It's like sprinkler fitters and, the, you know, other people that are involved. So not that the sprinkler fitters give gear a manufacturers, about P, P, yeah, PFAS, but yeah, gear <laughs> manufacturers, and you know, uh, so there's there's other people outside of just firemen involved in the NFPA. Other I, people who wouldn't be subject to yeah. wearing the gear. Our union is involved in the NFPA. I, you know, International Association of Fire Chiefs is involved in right. the NFPA. Right, and that there, you've seen a distinct change in that aspect with the new president of the union. And his stance on PFAS, and he is a hundred percent against it. Um, so well, we I had Malin Mitchell on the show, so we can't I talk think, about that. Oh, okay, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. But, but if Ed Kelly wants to come by and talk, Ed, come talk about we PFAS. Would have, we would uh, have we would Ed have Ed Kelly. On. Yes, no problem. No Mr. problem. Kelly. We love you, Mr. Kelly, President Kelly, President Kelly. Yeah, but we did have um, Malin, we did have Malin Mitchell. On you know, the uh, some improvements have been made, but I think until <laughs> that's until that's removed. Oh, um, ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we've made improvements. I think uh, there's a moisture barrier manufacturers that do uh, good things. They start sandwiching it between a layer of polyurethane. Okay. Um, that's steadfast. Uh, that would be a great moisture barrier to go with. Uh, so if you're in the market for new gear, maybe look for that. Uh, look at that free shout out. I don't, they didn't yeah. pay me for nothing. <laughs> uh, but it's just the knowledge I've picked up and yeah. I, anyway. So, um, but in the end, it's, it's all about reducing our exposure as much as possible. Yeah. So wash your gear. You know what I'm saying? Even, even if you're not going to fires, guys, wash your gear. Cause this shit is shedding off of it. Get it out of there as much as possible. Yeah. Um, it, half the reason I developed my grips right? As a washable grip instead of, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Instead of having a, a cancer sponge on your grip, have something that's completely sealed, wash it off, reduce your exposure. And, and that's the name of the game to try to. There you go. And who would have thought that a kid from the suburbs of Ann Arbor, Michigan <laughs> would be working with people from the University of Notre Dame? Yeah, right. It's been a, it's been a long, funny, <laughs> it's been a long, funny road, dude. I honestly, from, from, from envisioning just selling tools out of a garage um, to, to where I'm at now, and um, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. My wife's still waiting for us to make money, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she married a fireman, so get over it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us if somebody wants to buy a Reaper, a Fire Mall, they got to wait on the Halligan. Oh, dude! Right now, though, the, the the world we're in, they have to wait on everything. 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 Steel's man. Steel. I know. Steel I'm, industry is tough right I'm now. I'm still waiting on my Reaper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll I'm going to make it real there. special for you. Though. All right, thanks. Um, uh, firemall.com, right? Go to firemall.com. Um, we actually probably set something up with you guys. Maybe you can save a little bit of money on an order. Oh, uh, that'll it. be coming out soon. With, uh, a, with like a code? Yeah, yeah we'll give oh, you guys a promo code. Maybe when we about the time this, this, this podcast uh, airs, uh, that, that, that discount code will be set up. Um, <laughs> but uh, And then also social media, Facebook, Instagram. It's all kind of one word, firemall tools. That's M A U L tools uh you can follow us on there um and uh hopefully you'll start seeing me more uh on uh doing videos and marketing those sorts of things and, and just passing well, can we work. make the discount code simple can we just be like chicago's bravest yeah we can do that let's <laughs> do it we can decide it right now let's chicago's do, yeah. bravest. boom discount apostrophe code yes or no no apostrophe no apostrophe, no apostrophe. No apostrophe. <laughs> 
discount code Chicago's Bravest. Right. At Fire Mall Tools. Get you get you a little discount. Uh, get that get that Halligan for sure. Oh, if man. you guys were able to put your hands on that's gotta be you go to these shows, as soon as somebody grabs that Halligan, they're I how can they not want that? Oh, it's got to, hey, yeah, like, like Mitch said, it's, that's, that's something. It's, it's got some ass to it. <laughs> it's got some ass to it. So <laughs> I'm obviously biased, it, but, um, no, yeah, that, it's, that uh, thing is awesome. we were hitting our stride this year and, and it's, it's fun even in Chicago seeing guys I don't even know, you know, you yeah. go to the fire, I don't even know that guy. He's, he's let's use those tools and let's take out that door right now. Yeah, let's fine. drink the rest of that tequila. <laughs> yep. And yep. I got quite a bit left. I'm going to be hurting if I do that. Let's take out the door. How about this? We may be having a training uh, thing at the gym. <laughs> Let's fairly soon. We got some rehab to do. Yeah. So maybe the fire mall crew comes by and does some training videos. Oh. oh. Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. We're full of brilliant ideas. Okay. Well, Chicago's Bravest Stories and Fire Mall, we're smashing things. There very, you go, very baby. Very soon. Don't very forget, soon. Mitch, thank you so much. See coming you. on the show. It's been a pleasure, man. It's been a been long, long... Yeah, it's been a long time. Long it's been a long time. time coming. It's good seeing you guys. Thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate it. We know how busy you are, uh, and and it was great. And to bring the... Actually put the hands on the tool that you've been waiting uh, waiting on, that was totally awesome. So And we're going to put a, a link for on our stuff for Firemall, right? It's already up. Okay. It's already up? It's already up. And where can they, they go for that and other merchandise? Listen, y'all... If you want to support our support our sponsors, big time. But uh, stop by the website www.chicagosbravest.com, www.chicagosbravestories.com. We got t-shirts, coffee mugs. The post office is a mess. So if anybody's got orders that are back ordered, I apologize. We're working on it. We're finding them out. But we got t-shirts, coffee mugs, pint glasses, uh, some other stuff. Don't forget. July 28th. July 28th. The Hunter Club. Project Fire Buddies. The Yard Foundation. We are having a blowout fundraiser. This is one that you don't want to be the guy who was, hey, I didn't go to that. All right, no. I'll go. You don't Jeez. want to be yeah. that guy, yeah. Mitch. No, listen, I'll be there. I'll be it's there. At, it's on it. my it shift, and I already did a trade. So if I could do a trade like the rest of the American Fire Service... You could do a trade, too. Do the trade. If you're a Northsider, visit our website. Get a ticket for the bus. Cocktails provided by Chicago's River Stories. We're going to give away all kinds of crap. Yeah. You know what? All Here's, kinds of stuff. If you get on the bus, I will raffle a fire mall, one of these fire mall giveaways, if yep. you get on the bus. Yep. All right, Northsiders? I actually got a couple extra Reapers that I don't think I have to go to anybody, so I could probably do one of those. Can I get one of those? Can I get yeah, one of I, mean, I, got, yeah, you I got, got one in the car. Yeah, go off. Well, thank you, Mitch, so much. Thank it you has guys. been I appreciate awesome. Appreciate it. Thank Keep you. Keep up the good work. I love it. And uh, that is Steve. That's it. We're signing off. All right. Chicago's favorite stories. Thanks. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.